This is a quick disclaimer. Although the wise investor is trying to educate people on personal finance, what we talk about on the show is not actually financial advice for your personal and unique situation. Before trying to do anything with your money, always consult a professional. Hey, this is Anthony. And I'm Sal. And you're listening to the Wise Investor Podcast, where we help Canadians become more financially literate one post at a time. This is what they did not teach you in school. Welcome to this week's episode of What They Did Not Teach You in School. We have the usual man behind the camera today, Mark Simone. Thank you for being here, as always. And one of our newest members of the squad, Stefano. What's up, y'all? What's up, y'all? He's been helping us. A, he's been helping us a lot over the last like couple episodes now, and he's he's been the one behind the camera, kind of curating the content. So just wanted to shout out both of them. They've been with us for a long time. And, uh, Alfio, he's not here, but Alfio will be editing this. So thank you very much. Uh, today we have Frank Moyle and Matteo Leggio on the show, and we're going to be talking a little bit about the music industry in Toronto, how to grow a band as well as a personal brand in the music realm, the music industry. So that's something that they don't teach us that much about in school. So it's going to be an interesting perspective today to get an idea of what it's like kind of struggling that whole struggling as a artist kind of thing and the things that you've learned. Uh, hopefully a lot of people out there that are looking to, you know, not take a normal path in life will be able to learn something from you. It should be uh, interesting to get that perspective. So, uh, Frank, thanks for being on. Thanks for having me. You're a beauty. I have been following your music for, I think, a year now because first time I saw you was at Chris Kandari and Natalie Festa's company. Oh, um, yeah. They had a rooftop that was awesome. party and you played live there. Yeah. Uh, how did you know them? Oh, I know Chris through f- other friends. I think maybe through Steph. And uh, Chris has also been a, like a huge fan too. So he reached out to me and my pianist Seb, and we played it. It was unreal. It, it was, was such a good experience. I was like, "Yo, who the fuck is this guy?" And I was yeah. like, "He's got he's got actual skills." You know what I mean? And who um uh, who's your pianist? Seb Sebastian Romanuti. So uh, what made me really like him was I went up to him and I was listening to this classical song at the time, and I and I was like, "Hey man, like." This is the beat, and I was kind of like just like, dun, 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 and he just like, he's like, I got the song, and he just started playing it with me just brutally humming it for a couple seconds. Started playing the song. Yeah, man, he's, he's, a, he's a whiz. He, he's the modern day um, Chopin, for sure. Oh. Yeah. What's who's Chopin? <laughs> Chopin is a pianist, like oh. uh, <laughs> an orchestrator. Did anybody else in this room so. know who Chopin is? Chopin. Okay, yeah. maybe it's just me. Okay. Or and Beethoven, sorry. Beethoven. And then and then we have Matt here. So how did you and Matt? How do you and Matt know each other? I know Matt uh, actually like through high school, and then just uh, as of recently, maybe about a year or two ago, we kind of just developed a, a friendship through music. I'd uh, say a few years. Yeah, 
<laughs> which is two or three years ago. Yeah. And then you guys kind of like worked together for a bit. Yeah, I we. Uh, I think uh, I came down to a point where you know we just decided to to blend the uh, both of our our passions, like mine being music, his being music. Mine being more of a folky acoustic style, and he's more into like a, a house electronic techno. And uh, at the end of the day, music is music, and if you have a passion for it, you kind of just uh, it works. And uh, he's really good on the on the, uh, the the tech side of things, so he helped me out with that. With, we'll get more into yeah. that for sure. But before we get started and dive into things, I got a gift today. A little bit of you yeah, know? I'm in. I'm You're down. you have an Italian background, yes? Yeah, I do. So you grew up drinking wine from the age of seven. Where's your family from? <laughs> um, my family's from Calabria. Both my parents are actually from uh, really close uh, towns in uh, in Cosenza. Yeah, that's my family too. Some? We're just gonna have a conversation. Yeah, I, I just want to. I want to drink. No problem. You go for that. So <laughs> no, uh, we got a cheers though. No, cheers, brother. Can't drink without cheers. Cheers. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Uh, where'd you grow up? I grew up in Toronto. I actually grew up uh, on the street that I'm living at right now. Oh, Because okay. my grandmother lives down the street, so. And where'd you, uh, did you go to school? I or? went to school down the street. Like to, this is Dufferin and Eglinton. Okay, so that's the area that yeah, you grew up in, out of Toronto. Yeah, this is the area. And then I moved up to Woodbridge. Bridge. Where did you first? You know, my parents always saw me as like a musician, like, you know, at family friends parties and I do a lot of renditions of uh, like Elvis Presley. Even from a young age? Yeah, since I was like three years old. Like starting with singing? Yeah, exactly, yeah, and air guitar. Okay. And air guitar. Wow, and then, that's, the first, that's the first step right there, air yeah, guitar. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> and then uh, it was actually, it's so much has gone on in this neighborhood and it's so funny that, it, you know, it's, everything's kind of come full circle now and I find myself here. Uh, on the street on Dufferin and Eglinton, there used to be um, a music shop called um, Lorello. Okay. And like that's my other grandmother's next door neighbor. And I first saw, I was like 10 years old, it was Christmas. So this was like 15, mm -hmm. 16 years ago. And uh, I saw this guitar in the window and I told my mom I need that guitar. And I never picked up a guitar before to play. It was just the air guitar. And... Uh, we, I got it for Christmas. I took some lessons with him, some like 90 year old dude. It sounds like a cliche story, but yeah, it's true. It's a true yeah. story. Were you naturally good at it? Or any instrument, they're either forced to do so or they're past the point in their life where they want to actually commit, commit to it. Right. But yeah, I was in the perfect position. I was, I had the passion for it and I was young so I can absorb the actual instrument. Yeah. And then uh, whatever happened after that was just, is history magic. now. Yeah, magic, baby. Exactly. So <laughs> okay. So, uh, but was there somebody that like inspired you, like a family member or a friend that first got you into it? Like, what was it that made you interested? Um, I don't know. I I kind of just like uh, I just got into it. No one in my family is musically inclined. Okay. Not one person. Not many people even listen to music. Like music isn't like a huge part of their life. It just seems like I was a black sheep in the family, and I I just picked up music, and it, it stuck. Cool, I like that. Yeah, okay, my bad. So you were kind of doing it just for fun, and then what made you want to kind of take it seriously? As Honestly, I never it never came to my attention that this would be a serious venture till uh, 
till around high school, going out of high school into university. Mm-hmm. Did you like start in a band or something? Yeah, so me and my, like the uh, guy that does my videography now, David Lucchese, yeah. and a couple other guys, we started a band and um, like a lot of shows for, for 14 year old kids playing what was then the Big Bop, which is now like it's torn down, it's at Bathurst and uh, Queen and Bathurst. Mm-hmm. It used to be the cathedral. Um, Holy Joe's, and in the middle there was, uh, forget what the middle place was, but um, we we snuck into these like uh, 19 plus venues, played, <laughs> and uh, we did that for like, until we were actually of age, all through high school, we had a band called The Tutors, and then right at the cusp, the peak of everything, we got a, uh, a monthly house gig at the Alma Combo. You know, we were getting calls from labels. We were getting, Seriously? yeah, we had, uh, like, I, I remember a meeting with, uh, like, EMI. Okay. The label. EMI? EMI is a record label. Okay. And uh, I sat down with the publisher and everything. Everything was going really good. We had that gig going at the Alma Combo. We sold it out. We had so many people coming out. And yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. just at that point, EMI got bought out and Alma Combo closed. So, Whoa. like, yeah, it was just bad, bad timing for us. And like, it was a huge hump to try to get over. And then come university, we kind of started experimenting with the sound a bit, but then we kind of just went our own ways. And I continued under my own uh, Frank Moyo alias. Uh, is Moyo your real last name? Moyo is my last name, M-U-O-I-O. Mm. Moyo, M-O-Y-O. It uh, means heart and soul in Swahili. And at the same time, it's the exact pronunciation of my last name, so it just yeah, worked perfect. out. Yeah, I was working at a grocery store, and one of the girls was, uh, spoke Swahili, and she's like, your last name means this? And I'm like, okay, oh, done, done. You went to yeah. There's this, I don't know if you guys have heard of the uh, the author Malcolm Gladwell. Have you guys heard of him before? Mm, I haven't. He's a Canadian author, Pulitzer Prize winner, and he wrote, in a, he wrote a couple amazing books, but one of his big ones is called Outliers, and it's about... Uh, it's about the science and statistics of success. Okay. One thing that fascinates me is any kind of um, musical talent or any kind of spatial uh, skill um, because it's kind of traditional. Everyone learns as you're growing up, oh, a hockey and you got to shoot exactly. a times yeah. or whatever. And from that, he derived uh, this, something that he didn't coin, but called the 10,000 hour rule. Have you yeah. heard of this before? I've heard of that. And, yeah. and one, one case study that he did in one of the chapters, I would highly recommend you read the book, but one chapter is on the Beatles. And they said that it takes 10,000 hours or 10 years to yeah. master, truly master a skill. And the Beatles were playing as young kids yeah. every single night. They went on a tour for like, it was like two years where they were playing every yeah. single night. And that really got them because everyone's like, oh, the Beatles, they're geniuses. They're, they're, they're just natural skills. Overnight. Really, in, yeah. Really, they put in like 10 years of hardcore grinding. Exactly. Night but, after night playing in front of 10 And that's people, a huge point people. because a lot of people don't realize the work that's put behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. There's certain musicians. I say it to like, you know, Steph, Matt, and I've said it to other people before. It's like certain musicians are, are, are uh, developed. They're found. Mm-hmm. Maybe they put a couple YouTube covers up. Amazing talent. Yeah. But they're developed by a label, which in turn creates monetary gain for them, right? Yeah, yeah. For the label. There's other musicians that work hard uh, for, you know, 
like you said, the 10,000 hours or 10 some odd years, uh, going over hump, over hump, over, over let down, over mm -hmm. let down, but still trying to find a way to, uh, to progress most, through that. Most people I would argue don't even get to that 10,000 yeah. hours because so many things along the way would make someone stop. Well, that's where the passion kicks in, right? You know, and so. I actually want to ask you about that because as you're going through high school and everyone's like, Oh, Frank, what are you going to do when you're older? Yeah. Like, oh, you know that classic question. Yeah. You go to everybody's, you go to a family function and everyone's asking the classic you, what do you want to do when you grow up? Anxiety-consuming question. Yeah, right? The future. The uh, future. How did you, how did you I, handle that? And how did like, you handle someone telling you, oh, you can't make money yeah, doing that? Or you exactly. Can't do yeah, that so living? going back, you mentioned that your point before. Um, I went through high school not thinking that this was going to be a career. What did you want to do? I uh, did have like that. Thing? I went to school for archaeology. Oh, interesting. Yeah, okay. so I went to university for archaeology. I wanted to be an archaeologist since I was like I've been all over the map in terms of of, of passions and everything. Uh, archaeology was always a huge thing for me. I studied it at UFT, and then I. I did a couple digs throughout my undergrad, uh, but it was while I was in my undergrad and while I was um, kind of chasing, um, not chasing the dream, but like kind of like uh, solidifying my wow. my craft as a musician under this solo name mm -hmm. is where I actually found the. Um, like the, I, I found out that this is actually really what I want to do. Do you have a story on that defining moment, or was it a progression over time? Defining moment. Like okay, forget knowing... archaeology. Yeah. I'm gonna actually pursue this a little bit more as an adult or a matured artist. Yeah. So I don't know if it was the defining moment, but it was definitely a moment that certainly played heavily on my decision, which was I went to Rome. To, to dig it was oh, the best so, summer of my life wow that sounds yeah i was like, like first or second year i spent like two months there i lived doing in, what like digging digging what? in ostia antica so it, it's a port city of rome mm. and uh we were digging up uh like republican era um artifacts which is like over two thousand years ago right that is amazing i love that so it was amazing it was the best experience of my life and then you know uh, me i was like the only canadian there it was all students from california mm, classic and uh mm. and then uh i started playing them guitar and singing and they're like frank what the fuck the fuck are you doing here i'm like what I really love, i love you know archaeology and everything they're like no man you gotta be a musician and i was like yeah you know what yeah i gotta do this because most people would say i'm just gonna full-heartedly focus on my what i want to do yeah on my music on my craft developing myself yeah. putting myself out exactly there. but you chose to kind of do it in a safer way so what yeah, you, I'm not saying that that's a wrong way yeah, yeah. or the other way is the right way at all. Yeah. I'm just wondering kind of what made you want to go that path. It's definitely a more conservative path because that's yeah. the fold. I am, I am a conservative person and I'm a realistic person. It is very realistic. And I, although like everyone has that dream, they're going to make it big. And like throughout high school with the band, like every year it was like, this is the year. The next year, this is the year. And, and heartbreak after heartbreak, you know, I just, just kind of get the, diminished. Yeah, of course. But, uh, but people, you know, 
Some, what keeps you going right now? I'm good. I'm good. Some people. What keeps me going right now is the fact that I have positive feedback and my drive. Like I have a Man, drive for music. I will tell you guys right now. I'm a massive fan. I love your music. Go check them out. What's uh, what? What platforms are you on right now? I'm on Instagram. I'm on YouTube. I'm on all of them. All of them. Yeah. Okay, so let's actually... Oh, on Spotify, Apple Music, uh, Amazon Music. Okay, so there's two things that I want to touch upon. One is how do musicians make money. Yeah, okay. And then two is how all of those platforms that you just have, that's not easy to just be on all those platforms. Yeah. I'm going to talk to you a little bit about okay, that cool. too. Okay, cool. So at what point were you like, okay, yeah, I'm honing my craft, I'm getting really good, I'm getting positive feedback. What part were you like, okay, now I need to start monetizing on this? Exactly. Uh, or developing it as a business. When I put on my first EP, which okay. was about three years ago. For those, what's a CP? EP yeah. is an extended playlist. So it's basically like a three or four track snippet of what you're all about. Yeah. Not an album. Mm -hmm. Just to, to kind of shop around to people. And to give uh, an idea of what you're all about. Yeah. Um, so I recorded that about three years ago. And I put it out. Put it out where? Into the cyberspace. Okay. <laughs> so as an individual. There's also some hard copy CDs. And there's hard copies. Okay. There's a huge 300, uh, been a 300 CDs there. I, I obviously overbought. thought that I'd sell them out. <laughs> Uh, I've been sitting there for guys, three years. Yeah, I've come down to five now. At shows, you could get them for five, um, but uh, or free depends on how I feel. Um, and uh, yeah, so I put that that out. I recorded, and I actually that, that that's the time where the business aspect came in, where I I um, as a independent musician, you have to publish your music yourself. Mm -hmm. So as opposed to if you were on a label or whatever, you would be published by the label. Right. They, they would, would find you a publisher that. and things like that. But I found a, a, the publisher that we like a lot of people use is basically like CD Baby. Mm -hmm. And it's a website that you, you put your music on. You do all the logistics. You put your album artwork, uh, the people who are part of it, the time of the music. The, per, the proper format of the music, and uh, you put it out, you pay a fee per track, and they put your music out to all of, you, you can get, you can get certain packages, no, yeah. not marketing, just distri distribution. Sorry, I, I should have said distribution rather than publish. Um, so they, you have different packages. The package I chose was like worldwide. So it was on so many different platforms, Apple Music, Spotify, Amazon, mm -hmm. Tidal. Um, and you know how to make money off of that? So. That must be really tough unless and you then, get hundreds of thousands of Then you're getting, exactly. It's and then you're. less than a cent. No, it's about, yeah, something like that. Exactly. It's some, I don't know the exact, I don't know the exact number. It's a minuscule number that you're yeah. getting a percentage of, of each, uh, stream. Um, but yeah, definitely. So then that's not how you make money. Until no, you make it definitely big. hard to make money off of that. So unless you're getting a tons of stream. make money? Live shows. Live shows is really personally big, okay. for my music, yeah. live shows. Um, and, uh, Personally, that's where I've, I've been finding my, where my income's coming from, music. So I'd like to ask you a little bit about that now because the live show thing. So would you say that you're a business-minded person? 
Not necessarily. Not necessarily. No. <laughs> did you always, when you started doing this more, did you, uh, what was it like building a team around you? Yeah. So not, know, not knowing the business. Yeah. It was get... definitely a learning curve for yeah. me. It was like, uh, I didn't know what I was getting myself into. Like example, for example, my first CP, I kind of overspent mm -hmm. and I, I, I got publishers. I got, um, PR, uh, PR company to kind of just pitch all of my stuff to different blogs, different sites to write about, to promote the, the, the EP. And then I put a video out. So you have to be, when you're putting things out, you have to be so clinical and organized with the way in which you put things out. So one song, video, and then other types of... Uh, There's a science to it. Yeah, oh, for sure. And have you ever decided to get a, like a manager or something like that, a business manager? I have, but I just don't know if I'm, I'm at that point. When would somebody want to do that? Because it sounds like... That person would after, help you take to the next After level. I do as much as I can on my own, okay. which would be um, putting out some more music, building a bit more of a fan base, and, and getting more content out. So let's talk about content right now. So Matt's been helping you grow yeah. your Instagram, you said. Yeah, he... And I actually met, I met Matt the first time you did that rooftop show. Soul yes. Function. Yes. Soul Function. So that was an event we threw back in June, and... Uh, I've been throwing parties for the past, I don't know, seven, eight years since high school. Oh, thank and you. And I've been throwing some more frequently. And uh, Frankie came up to me and he said, dude, like, I want to throw a party with you. I think it'd be a great idea. It is I a could, genius I idea. Could play. And I said, you know what, dude? There's no better way as a music musician than to get exposure by throwing your own event. Right. Right. So I have a few friends who are DJs. So everything came together really nicely. We found a really cool loft space downtown. It had a rooftop. The weather just started getting nice. Oh, so, yeah. yeah. It was yeah. also a great time. Yeah, great it was time. Awesome. Great it was time. Like... We had like some disco, some funk. And uh, as the sun was setting, Frank Moyo over here put on a beautiful live set with his band. And we had the lights. Uh, I remember I that. Thinking of that. Yeah. Was... There was a beautiful moment that we all shared <laughs> on my last song. Mm -hmm. What song and was it? Better Now, that I want to be putting out soon. And... And, uh, yeah, I met a girl there. Yeah, he met a girl. And she's like, let's go to the roof. Cause there was like a, a sketchy ladder and then there was a ledge to another ladder <laughs> and we were a couple drinks deep, but we went and then, yeah, we were on the roof dancing. You were on the roof dancing for like half an hour. I would no, love I to get... say it might have felt like half an hour, but it was not more than five minutes. <laughs> That's right. Oh, it was amazing though. It was it like was. the best. And the moon as well. Yeah, yeah. Everyone yeah, it was so good. And because um, I would because I would say like do running these events is a way better way, especially nowadays, because listening to your music on uh, online is not the same as seeing it in person. Yeah. And nowadays people are looking for more experiences in real life. Exactly. And I feel like experiential marketing and running shows alive is a great way to grow a band or a personal brand, at least. It's like a full cycle, like in the. What from the fifties till the nineties? Right, they moved exactly away from how it. it was. And yeah. Now you know there was like a ten year span of like okay digital, and now it's just like oh everyone wants live experiences anyways. Exactly. Yeah. So and through this event we threw, um, we targeted people who have otherwise would have never heard Frankie or, or 
had an interest exactly. in because we and that's where approach to it. what was that strategic approach so we threw this party and we were playing like some more electronic like house disco some funky music mm-hmm. and so we attracted that crowd it was more so you know our friends and yeah. friends of friends and uh and the people that i brought out they've never listened to frankie's stuff before so yeah uh it was like i didn't even think of that actually it was like such an amazing blend of different styles mm-hmm. and it it worked it worked it worked Amazing. so beautifully that I wanted to just cry and hold so someone. Our, our <laughs> that's what that's what your yeah I probably that's, that's what your music makes people want to do. Yeah, you know, I like there was a yeah. Tell me a little bit about how you've been developing your brand and using social media, Matt. You could jump into yeah, this. Yeah, definitely, but Matt. How you've been using social media in order to grow your following, engage your existing uh, following and followers, and promote your live shows that you've been doing um in terms of like uh, when did you start doing that because most people are like we were just talking about before we started filming are afraid of putting yourself out there yeah because of the natural if you have a lot of people that you're putting yourself out there you're being a little bit vulnerable you're gonna get negative yeah i started like putting youtube videos out okay uh when i was in so how long ago Uh, that was like uh just past high school maybe like first year university okay and then some things were catching. Then I started producing myself and I started doing my, my self-produced uh, things I putting on, on SoundCloud and everything. And then mm-hmm. Instagram just kind of blew up, like out of nowhere. Yep. Because uh, I came in and I... Well, no, Instagram in general, I mean. Oh, like, okay. it just became it like a... doesn't give them the like, credit. credit. <laughs> no, I mean, Instagram in general just took a kind of, like it was a tidal wave. Yeah, man, it kills. And man. it's I like, right? So... Uh, you know, then, you know, I started putting stuff up on there and then it's like, okay, I don't have a following. And then, uh, actually past maybe a year ago or two years ago or whatever, it kind of just started getting more into it, posting more content, more photos, more videos. And then I can I reached out to Matt, which, uh, is a whiz in marketing. And, uh, I said, look, let's, let's, uh, let's try to kind of redesign, rebrand me get a new logo going, get a new website going. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, and then we did that and we, we built a, a pretty good following. A great following. Yeah. Matt, you built Matt, you built a couple accounts, yeah? Yes. I'd love to just ship it over to you and give me like two or three tips that you'd give to somebody on how to brand yourself and put out content on your Instagram or online in general. Branding is huge. It's all psychological and it, you want it to be genuine and authentic. So... I sat down with Frank and uh, he basically, we went through like a discovery phase and he was telling me his influences and what he likes, what he doesn't like and yeah. pieced together this beautiful uh, this brand image that we stuck with and it was, um, through that brand image we were able to target a specific audience, right? And so what would you, what if everyone out there, what, what are some tips that you would give them in order to grow their own personal brand or their business's brand online? Biggest tip I could give you is be yourself, be authentic, because people could see when you're not, mm-hmm. and um, and that attracts a genuine audience yeah. that will follow you for a very long time. And the truth will set you free. The truth will set you free, indeed. At a, and probably at a slower pace, sometimes, than sure, other people. Sure, it depends people. the angle you want to take. Like yeah. If you want to sell out and go the commercial route, you yeah. want to start doing things that you see in the mainstream media, mainstream artists, and kind of yeah. But come on, Frank, if you were approached 
to say, here, here's a million dollars. I want you to sell out right now. Come on, how tempted would you be? Honestly, I don't know. Like maybe a while ago I would have said, obviously, but now it's like I'm, I'm, at, I'm in a position in my life right now where I'm kind of feeling pretty good with what I'm doing and who I am. And, uh, you know, I'm, I have a kind of equilibrium and it's equilibrium. Not, what do you mean by that? Like, does that, is that a word? Yeah. yeah. Is that yeah. the right word to use a lot inflection point? That's where he's at. I'm at it. I'm, I'm like at a point where I have that daytime job. Yeah. Um, I'm only 70%. So I actually have a day and a half off during the week to focus yeah. plus my nights. And then, uh, I'm not selling out in the sense that I'm writing my own music that comes from my soul mm-hmm. and I'm not uh, kind of just, you know, making music that, you know, could be like pop music or not that pop music selling out, but like stop popular music that, that people want to hear. Right. If it gets on the radio. Awesome. If it doesn't. I have that fallback that I built for myself. <clears throat> and although it doesn't seem rock star, yeah, well, it's 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 me looking into the future. So I never got really negative negative feedback. Uh, more towards my guitar playing because I kind of suck as a guitar player. So it's been like when I do covers and everything. Why are you botching this these songs with these random jazz like chords? But I'm like, I'm just making it my own. And this was like years ago. This was like I want to say like six or seven. No, not maybe even more like 2010 when I was making these like jazzy kind of renditions, and now everyone does like a jazz rendition of a song. Sure. Right. So like you've ev- never gotten negative feedback that hurt your feelings. People are really nice. No, I no, I I might have, but like honestly, I don't I don't care. So what's your mindset on that? I'm putting yourself out there. And I don't care. I do not. Think. I don't care. Well, a lot of people would. So how did you did you ever have that? It's just who I am. I mean. have no social anxiety in terms of playing music out or playing shows. So what would be one piece of advice that you'd give out to some young kid? Believe in your album? believe in your work. Believe Master craft, believe in your work, you guys. Yeah, Always. believe 100% in what you're doing. The sky's the limit. Seriously, so. Cool. <laughs> this is a little bit of a more personal question for you. Okay. And, and stuff like that, right? But so when it comes to putting out content, how do you go about doing that? So I would say you don't put out enough content. And I've gone in that before, but that also reaches the point where like, I don't want to be stuffing my shit down people's throats. He also works a full-time job. Of course. Of but course. it's not even about that. Like people work full-time jobs and have that, the time, like it only takes a second to post something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I always try to find content. Uh, my, I am that, that homegrown series on uh, Instagram, that, right? Yes. So where like, I kind of just take people into the house and like I show them like another a different side of me. That's huge content that I use to my advantage, and it's uh, it's not necessarily music orientated, but it shows another side of me that people can kind of maybe try to relate to. Okay. Um, so we'll come to a little end here, and I would love for you to play us a song or two if you don't mind. Okay. But uh, before that, here's here's a question yeah. for you. I- What's a financial mistake that you made in the last five years managing your band or your personal brand? Oh, Jesus Christ. That you wish you knew now that you could have made, you could have cut that costly mistake. Uh, that I, like a decision that I've made, uh, like, like definitely going into, uh, into music with 
the mind frame of it's not about making money. Uh, I wish I kind of just set myself, I didn't really set myself up for a disaster the way I did. Not as though it was a disaster, but I always spent the money on recording and everything mm-hmm. where I, sh- I never really thought of how am I going to get that money back. Yeah. Right? So I never thought of it as being like, oh no, I got to make this money back. It's always just like, okay, no, don't worry. One day I'll get picked up by a label or whatever and I'll make all the money back. But Okay, so let's say 20-year-old Frankie Moyo standing in front of you right now. What advice would you give him? Um, don't quit your day job. No, but <laughs> I would give him the advice True. of being uh, patient. Patience. Patience it goes a long way. How about you, Matt? You said you had a question over there. Um, well, yeah. I mean, putting yourself back in high school, a question you could ask was how can I, and this is from like a musician's uh, step, uh, point of view it's like how could I set myself up right now with whatever part-time job I'm working while in school so that in two three four years I could have a fund that could you know allow me to produce music and, and yeah saving your money music of course other than the saving you your money though investing it properly you mm-hmm. know what I mean like if we learned all that stuff in high school we would have been aware we could have seen some financial planning yeah, I mean, but some invest. people already do because their families help them. Uh, not everybody does. Oh Stefano and Stefano and I know that. Stefano, so what what kind of uh, advice would you give an entrepreneur before starting out to know about their finances? Talk to somebody. Like honestly, this and this goes for a lot of issues like financial problems or fin- starting out financially related to everything else. Like you need to talk about it. You need to make it vocal. Because if somebody else is on the other line, at least they can take it in and give you advice on it. That's why people have financial advisors, right? I would think that every single person would have a different way of going about everything. And everyone's situation is unique, so I couldn't give one, you know, one yeah. statement. The only piece of advice that I got when I was growing up, till, to this day, my parents saying, save your money. Nothing else, no investing, no this, no financial planning, no like no future planning for finances and everything. Just save your money. But what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> what does that mean? What does it no, mean? Save true. your money. Yeah, okay. Save your money, sure, but for what? For how am I gonna um, like how am I gonna I no, it makes sense, yeah, to make a down payment for a house in the future. Or to invest in your business. Or to invest sure you have enough money to Put yourself underground in your last home. Yeah, okay. I had to think about that for a second. Even if it is just for startup money, for when it when you want to invest in your building out your label or recording yeah. something or throwing a party, that is what you'd want to save your money yeah. for. It's yeah, all exactly. about what you want to invest it in. Uh, we all the time talk about investing in yourself. Like you don't got to put it in your RSPs or anything like that. Although that is smart, but really it would be a good idea for you to be able to save up that money so you can put it back into your company so you can get 2x or no, 3x. No, of course. Yeah, I just, I'm a shitty, can't save my money. <laughs> can't do it. <laughs> I can't do it. All right, so for any artists out there, you have any tips for them for saving money? Uh, tips, save, put some money aside and make sure you have a plan to make the money back that you put into it so like for example like recording like say you're spending like 
you know, recording gets hefty. You could spend, you could be spending up to like a thousand, two thousand dollars per song. Make sure you have a, uh, a a way of getting that money back, whether it be through shows or even online through um, streaming sales and everything like that. I would and definitely even like a safety net too, because you can put money into a song and then it's like, oh, I need another thousand dollars because you need to add something, or because didn't that happen a couple? Times? Yeah, because also. It doesn't come just with the music. It comes with people have s small attention spans mm -hmm. and you've got to put out a video, which costs money. Mm -hmm. You've got to put out a little clip of, of the song with like the video and everything, which is even more money. It's, it's just like there's, there's different types of uh, content that needs to be put out there in order for the, your, your craft to be seen or heard. So to add to that, I totally agree with you, bankroll management, so that when you have a strategic plan, you know, you don't want to just have that $2,000 to put into the one song. You need that $2,000 for the song. You need this 1000 for this video. You have to have that concrete. Yeah, exactly. All right, I got a last question for you, all right? But, oh, what is that? Someone's phone ringer. And We're I okay? bet that it's you, James. <laughs> Eugene is a character, right? Eh? We should oh have my him on God. the next one. Yeah, you Cutting should. our hair, talking Jesus about life. Christ, that'd okay, be amazing. So, an entrepreneur. Yeah. Um, we live in a world where most people take things for granted. So I came up with this question, this idea when uh, a buddy of mine came over, and he's an electrician, and he was like fixing up the wires behind my wall that I didn't even know existed. Every morning I just flick on the light, and it turns on. And I'm like, I don't even think much about exactly. it. Exactly. Um, so... Whenever somebody is a specialist in a certain industry, they usually see the world in a different way than the rest of the people see it because that's the perspective that they're from. So if there was one thing as a artist, as a musician, as a entrepreneur, as a teacher that you know that you wish other people knew that, you know, maybe they don't even think about that kind of stuff. What would you say something that you know that you wish other people would know? About what? Let's say this is. Let's say there was like the entire world listening to you right now. What's one thing that you would say? You have to try your best to be as level-headed as you can. Level-headed. Level-headed. Like no ego. Not no ego. Yeah, balance. no balance in your life where you have to be able to let things be brushed off your shoulder because people put too much emphasis on tiny, tiny things. I see it at work, I see it in music, and I see it in stuff like that. You have to be able to just let that shit go and focus on your goals. I like that. Yeah. I really like that. You need to. And common sense, people don't have common sense. Hmm. You have to have just How common sense goes away. Common sense? Honestly, I think you, 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 you grow with it and you're grown with you're you're developed with it so like so you don't think people are born with common sense it's something you develop i don't think so because i feel like some families might not even have common sense and that just goes into their kids like it's just like i know that growing up there was just like a you know everyone knew that okay what's the common sense here like you know what makes sense and what's right Intuition. to do right and it's just like You'd be surprised. Not a lot of people have that. Hmm. And I, I, <laughs> no, I would. That's not too surprising. I, well, <laughs> the people that don't have it would probably be surprised. Like, I, I, 
I have common sense. I, no, you don't. <laughs> don't. So, uh, yeah, definitely develop awareness of your environment. Don't take things too seriously. Have some common sense and, and do everything you can to maintain your passion in life. I love that. Well said. Yeah. Well said. All right, let's go musical. Brother, yeah. thank you for being thank on you, this. Thank you, dude. It is a fresh perspective. Yeah. You got that from you. Thank uh, you. You gave me a lot of different things to think about. Uh, you uh, Awesome. Before I before I wrap up here, I'm going to let you know that in about 20 seconds from now, Frankie's going to play us a little something from his uh, Spotify playlist. Check him out online. Frankie Moyo. Frank Moyo. Anywhere online he pretty much is. <laughs> Until next time, this is Anthony and the crew. What they did not teach you in school. Alright, let's do something quick here. So this song is uh, called uh, "Friend of Mine," and I just started recording it, and it's gonna oh, come out in the new year. Okay. I wanna love you. I wanna feel you. Oh, I can take it when I'm not around you. It's hard, you know. Loving through a telephone The sun is rising The light is blinding I'm trying to wake up But I can't fight it It's hard, you know Sleeping in this bed alone You were there when I was hurting You were there when I fell apart Even though our fire isn't burning Just know you're a friend of mine My body's shaking, I'm rearranging all of the records down in the basement. It's hard, you know, trying to find some room to grow. I'm getting older, I'm far from sober. Maybe I'll get it when I get older. It's hard, you know. Trying to live this life alone You were there when I was hurting You were there when I fell apart Even though our fire isn't burning Just know you're afraid of mine. Thank you. Pick me up a quarter after ten. I'll be waiting by where we first met. Just outside the bar that we called home.
We drove away in your Cinquecento Walking down la via del Gesù Walking down the street just me and you There we went upstairs to have a drink You fell into my arms, made my heart sink Deep inside I was dead Close my eyes and say Io ti vorrei stasera Andiamo fuori la città Lontanissimo Fire. di qua e se che sei una preghiera Ogni giorno risognerò, ogni notte pregherò oh, oh, oh. Come sei dolce I bought you a red rose when we sat down I thought maybe that you would come around We drank a bottle of red, a bottle of white The bar was shutting down but we didn't mind Deep inside I was dead Close my eyes and say Io ti vorrei Stasera Andiamo fuori la città Lontanissimo di qua E se che sei una preghiera Ogni giorno risognerò Ogni notte pregherò Come sei dolce Bravo! Thank you, Franco. Thank you very much. You are a gentleman and a scholar. Until next time, this is what they did not teach you in school. <laughs> Good job, boy. That was sick. Yeah, man. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode. Hope you enjoyed it. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, at The Wise Investor. Until next time. This is what they did not teach you in school. We hope to see you soon. <laughs>